HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This program is brought to you by Chefs Collaborative, a nonprofit with a mission to inspire, educate, and celebrate chefs and food professionals building a better food system. Change menus, change lives. Learn more at chefscollaborative.org. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. We talk about food. We talk about music. With musical dudes. Finger on the pulse. Snacky tunes. You take a seat and listen close. Today is a story about a young man that you seem to know. Born in Omaha, then later his mom moved to the West Coast. Inglewood, to be exact, and that was a shocking fact, folks. Neighborhood Pyrus would roll up in crews and try to jack him. He would try to make them laugh and pop like do a backspin. Sometimes they would stall him out, and other times he would be scrapping. This made him into a man to never back down when attacked. And
down? Can I, can I break it down? Can I break it down? Can I, can I break it down? Can I break it down? Can I, can I break it down? Can I break it down? Okay. Welcome to Snacky Tunes. I'm one half your host, Aaron Bresnitz, sitting with Olive Komodo, the unofficial spokeswoman of Silver Lake Ramen. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you for being on. Uh, I don't think I've ever been in the restaurant when it's been this empty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's to say, we, it is before it opens, but it's like the quiet before the storm. I'm uh-huh. watching all the chefs like just prep and prep and mm-hmm. prep and get ready. Exactly. I mean, when we open at 11.30, exactly... It's like the floodgates open, and the restaurant gets pretty crazy right off the bat. And people try to come in even beforehand. We have to tell them we have to come back at 11.30. You have to come back. It's like like waiting for a concert ticket to go on sale. Yeah, exactly. So, I have to admit, in, uh, you know, when I think about ramen, I feel like there's always this mystique, this, like, (laughs) alchemy, this, like, uh, mystery, superstition around it, and... You guys are no different because when in doing my research for this, I l- found almost nothing <laughs> on Silver Lake Ramen online on the website or anything. Right? Why is that? Um, I just feel like there's so many techniques of making ramen that when chefs create something they really like and love, they tend to want to keep it more of a secret so yeah. we, they can have that for themselves and it's their thing to share with the world. You know? Yeah. But there's nothing about you guys online either. Yeah, maybe the elusiveness maybe contributes. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's go back to the beginning. Um, so Silver Lake Ramen opened up in 2012, but how did... What's the story before it? How did... Uh, walk us through how this restaurant, this like mecca in Silver Lake Ramen opened. Yeah, um, so we had a collaboration with the Japanese chef, Nozuki-san, and... The owner, Danny, he's been working in Japanese restaurants for most of his life, and he just decided to open up a ramen shop. Um, And it's really crazy. It ended up becoming much more popular than anyone could have anticipated, and especially because it was, like, kind of a risky move, seemingly, because there weren't that many ramen shops on the side of L.A. They're pretty concentrated in places that had high concentration. Like Sawtelle, that area over there. exactly. Little Tokyo, Sawtelle, Torrance, you know, areas with high Asian populations in Southern California. So this was kind of like a no-man's land for ramen, you know? Yeah, I mean, and, and in the development of the restaurant and... I guess maybe not quite knowing the phen- mm-hmm. phenomenon that was to come. Um, what was the decision on, you know, what type of broth to serve? Because you know you could serve a million different types of of, right. of ramen broth and style. How did how did the chef and the owner uh, reach the the decision to primarily serve tonkatsu? Um, I think it's just because that's what their favorite was, and that's what they grew up with, and that's what they wanted to share with Los Angeles and this part of Los Angeles especially. And I think it's just such a comforting type of ramen. It's, it, 
I don't know, I feel like tonkatsu ramen is so rich and creamy, it just feels like an embrace in food form. <laughs> yeah. um, so how did the um, how did the broth come to be developed? Because, you know, each broth, even tonkatsu across the board, right. is unique into itself. Some are more garlicky, some are more sweet, some mm-hmm. are more spicy, some mm-hmm. are six hours, some are 12 hours, some yeah. are 60 hours. Um, <laughs> Tell me about the story of how the broth is developed. Um, so we have many additions for like we have like the base tonkatsu broth, and we also yeah, have like we'll talk about the, oh, let's talk about okay. the tonkatsu. Yeah. Um, so I would say like our broth is a lot more rich and creamy than mm-hmm. other places, and I think that makes us stand out further than other places. Like um, some people think it's too rich, but I think it's actually like no. perfect. And those people are, are wrong. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I exactly. I I love rich broth, and I think we really do it right. Um, and so, how did you land on, or how did the what story of like how did they pick sixteen hours for the uh, the the time that you actually make it, you put the bones and everything like that? Um, I think it, they just ended up finding out with experimentation that it ended up becoming the perfect balance of time and creaminess. So, once they decided they want to open Silver Lake, once they decided on the broth itself, um, how hard was it to open the restaurant, and how hard was it to open up in this side of town, and what were the early days like? Yeah, it's funny. Um, this restaurant and it um, was originally in Pucuseria, uh, and... It's funny because I know the owner, um, Denny, his family was a little bit reluctant because Silver Lake wasn't, but you know, the history of Silver Lake has changed a lot over the past sure. 20 years and the culture and the community has changed a lot. Um, I mean, what really, what really helped was like how many regulars kept coming back, mm-hmm. like from day one, like we opened up and we didn't realize how many people loved ramen on this side of town. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like... It's well, especially because it is a bit of a, a desert mm-hmm. as far as ramen goes over here. Yes, exactly. There, I mean, recently there's been more Asian like eateries opening up on this sure. side of town. But, yeah, I feel like we're one of the first. So what was that first day like? What was it like when people came in? Was there, was there the same lines that there, were now, there are now? Um, I feel like it started off busy, but it ended up just, like, getting crazier as time went on. Um, I think we had, I feel like it was, like, a steady incline since the beginning. But I know there was lots of buzz surrounding the restaurant before it opened, and, like, mostly from people who were, like, really into ramen, because there's definitely a huge culture of that. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's talk about the community in here. Um, Mm -hmm. At the core, you say that you're a musician. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, do you find a link between the creativity here of, like, the ramen culture and the musician culture that you're a part of? Oh, for sure. I think that they're both very kind of, like, easygoing atmospheres. And I think that we cater to a lot of creative types because, I mean, I would consider Pacific Ramen kind of a fast, casual place. So it's, like, a place where people can meet and just eat, and it's, like, weekly. Um, and... I mean, I feel like so many people who work here are creative types, and it's like the energy of that combined with all the creative people, um, like the customers that come in, um, makes it a really inviting atmosphere. Yeah, I mean, every time I've come here, I've been here with friends, I've even gotten to go, it feels very warm and comforting and, and, mm-hmm. and nourishing. Yeah, and that's kind of 
what ramen is in a way. It's funny because like in Japan, it's a lot more of a fast food, but we've taken it um, maybe a step in a different direction of creating a sit-down restaurant that you're supposed to, you know, kind of, I don't know, um, sink into as mm-hmm. you're eating. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how much thought goes into it of Japan and Tokyo and tradition when you open up a ramen place? Um, I think it's important to adapt to, like, you know, your community, and I think we have done that in many ways. It's This is, a, this is definitely, like, um, trying to mix, you know, traditional Japanese cuisine with also new ways of innovating that within um, this context. Do you find it different? Um, I mean, do you make it out to the other ramen restaurants in LA? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Do you find a difference in, in being in Silver Lake versus the ones in Little Tokyo and Sotel? Mm-hmm, definitely. What, what's the difference? Um, many factors, like the culture, the type of service, um, the interior. Um, I don't know. It just seems like there's so many diverse pockets of Los Angeles that each and every one feels like its own little world. Yeah. I mean, is it competitive, the, the ramen business here? Like, or are you all... Is it a community of, like, collaboration, or is it, like, we have our ramen, you have your ramen, and we're going to try and be the best ramen spot? Um, I would, I would, I guess I would be lying if I said there wasn't, like, some sense of competitiveness. Um, but at the same time, I feel like we do our own thing, and I guess we don't really worry about other ramen shops too, too much. I mean, we definitely enjoy them, and we would rather, like, you know, live amongst each other. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, going back to community, I mean... You have to be, when you come here, for those who've never been here, mm-hmm. let's talk about the wait. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> because that wait, what's the longest the line can get here sometimes? Honestly, it can go like, it's usually like maybe about 40, 45 minutes and can go on for like an hour or an hour and 15, hour and 30, depending on the weather. If it's raining, that's when it gets it gets the most long. Um <laughs> Yeah, for people who aren't familiar with a lot of ramen shops, they can get a little put off by the wait. <laughs> um, but here, I mean, I so I live off Mitsutrena, mm-hmm. and I drive past it yeah. every night. Mm-hmm. There's a wait. Yeah, exactly. And is that something that people have just come to expect as part of the experience here? How do you how do you guys manage it? How do you guys make people feel at home and not feel that you know they're going to be put off? I mean, obviously, once you come here, you know, mm-hmm. at the end of the Waiting Rainbow is a delicious bowl of ramen. <laughs> but what do you do to build that community? What do you what do you do to make people feel like it's 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 not a put up? Um, personally, when I go out to ramen shops, I kind of expect a wait, just because that's kind of how it is, and I've come to kind of assimilate that into my experience and like trying to make the most of it. And I think that's a lot of people try to do the same thing. I know some people go next door and grab a drink and come back. And we've tried to implement. That's the move. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we try to implement new um, new ways of accommodating people for the way. Like we recently um, started using an iPad that texts you. And oh, that's awesome. So you don't have to just like simply wait outside um, and just wait for an hour. So now I'm going to come down the hill, put my name in, go back at home, mm-hmm. and then come right back home. Yeah, see, exactly. It's so efficient for people like you, so that's great. <laughs> um, so we're going to take a quick musical break. Um, then we're going to come back, we're going to talk about the rest of the, the menu and the shoyu ramen and the other broth and the other broths you have and mm-hmm. sort of how they all play together. And then uh, talk about the new place that you have opening up at the end of the year. Um, we have a live track from the archives on Snacky Tunes here on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. 
Welcome back to Snacky Tunes. I am with Olive Komodo, the unofficial spokeswoman of Silver Rick Lamet. Oh my god, I'm sorry. Welcome back to Snacky Tunes. I am with Olive Komodo, the unofficial spokeswoman of Silver Lake Ramen here in gorgeous Silver Lake. Um, and normally, you know, coming from New York, when I would think of ramen, I'd be like, oh, I want it to be cold and rainy or sort of a blustery day, but we are not afforded many of those here in Silver Lake. Uh, I think ramen here knows no season. Exactly. Um, so, obviously, tonkatsu is the number one seller, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what type of noodles do you use? Uh, we use egg noodles. Egg noodles? The, the straight kind, yeah. Do you make them in-house? Um, we make them off-site simply because, like, oh, that's our awesome. space is so small, we definitely don't have enough space to create it here, but we do make them ourselves. You know, that actually, that's something I want to talk about. So, you know that you're going to have a line every night. How many mm-hmm. customers would you say you have a night? How many bowls of ramen are you serving? Ooh, wow, that's like an unimaginable number. <laughs> um, gosh, I don't know. It must be like 
Hold on, we're just going to count the seats real quick. <laughs> but it's more than a seat because because yeah, yeah. I, I do the a lot of times I'll call it in and pick it up. Uh-huh. And I have ramen bowls at home. Yeah. So let's say what, 500 to 1,000 on a busy day? Yeah, probably around there. Maybe even more. It, yeah, the to-go let's, orders let's is say, crazy. Let's say 1,000. <laughs> so how do, you, how do you prep for that? Especially when your broth takes... 16 hours, right? And you're making your own noodles. Right. Like, how do you prep for that? How much do you make in advance? Yeah, um, I feel like a lot of restaurants in Los Angeles, um, they have to prep for their their restaurant, like, off-site. And yeah. Because it's just not enough space to do it all in-house. Um, so, that's what we do. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a pretty daunting task. Yet we do it every single day somehow. <laughs> so it was Takatsu being the number one seller, which mm-hmm. is the uh, creamy pork broth. Right. Um, you offer three other types of noodle broth combinations. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the shoyu ramen. Um, yeah. How did that come to be developed and, and why offer? Because a lot of times when you go to these places in Tokyo or something like that, it's one broth. Right. That's it. Maybe one variation. Maybe they do have one or two others. But um, how did you pick your other your other flavors, and why did you decide to offer multiple uh, broths? Oh well, yeah, we definitely want to offer a variety, especially because some people have dietary restrictions. Sure. Like one of the big things that make us stand out, in my opinion, is that we offer a vegan option, which is pretty uncommon. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. Exactly. Um, we'll come back to show you because the vegan one is really amazing. How did you develop something that has that same like umami rich flavor? As a tonkatsu. Yeah, well, it's it's mostly made with like veggie stock and miso. Um, dashi. We actually no, there's no dashi. No dashi. Yeah, no, it's it's vegan. Yeah. Oh right, 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 right. Yeah. So yeah, we make sure that there's nothing of any animal product inside of it, and the noodles are also um, a wheat noodle, hmm. and we really loaded in the vegetables, so you have some like sustenance in there. Um, and yeah, I mean, and even though some, I'll occasionally eat meat, I absolutely love our vegan ramen. I'll eat it all the time. Do you find people who who just come in here and just like you are my savior? Like everyone always wants ramen uh-huh. because there's some there are some vegan ramen places, but it's only vegan ramen. And if someone yeah. said that to me, I'd be like, I don't want to just go get vegan ramen. Are you one of the few places that offers both meat and vegan? Yeah, exactly. So I think it's important to be inclusive, especially in a place like Silver Lake. Um, there's so many different um, dietary needs, and yeah, I feel like this, this is what creates such a good meeting place for people. Mm-hmm. There's something for everyone. Um, so let's go back to the show you ramen, um, mm-hmm. and I know that you know you have that's mostly chicken broth, chicken based. Yes. Um, how did you? But it has a little bit of pork in it as well. Um, no, it only None. has chicken. But recently uh, we added dashi stock. Oh, you did add dashi stock today. So. Um, how did that one develop, and why did you develop that alongside what is, like, such a killer Takatsu broth? Well, I guess we we realized that maybe some people would want a lighter option time to time. The Tonkatsu is, like, a really creamy broth, so maybe once in a while you might want a lighter broth, just, like, lighten your palate. Um, so, yeah, we have the shoyu broth for that option. Um, and then also the last one, which is very interesting to have at, at, at Ron Place, is uh, Sukumen. Yes. Um... Which is, for people who don't know home, what is that? So, um, it's a dipping noodle, which means there we have like a concentrated, rich broth on the side, and then on the other side, you receive um, like these really thick egg noodles, and they're chilled. And so it comes with like some lime, and the toppings on the side as well, and you just like squeeze the lime over the noodles, and you dip them into the broth as you eat them. 
and I, I would say it's really great for when it's really hot out. Yeah. It's like perfect for that kind of weather, which you've mentioned earlier, which I think is interesting. Yeah. Um, so it's great for that. And personally, I think it has like some of the best flavors. It has a lot more complexity, and I think it's great. It's interesting. I wouldn't think of uh, lime with Japanese food. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what I was mostly referencing when I was saying that um, for us, we're trying to like incorporate the culture around us now in addition to like traditional Japanese cuisine. And we definitely we use lime in like in several things here. And like it really, I think I don't know. I think it really makes us stand out in a way. I mean, it's interesting, and I, I know that it's. We're not the first ones to bring it up, but, you know, ramen really is, like, this postmodern expression of food. Mm -hmm. Like, there is no... You can't go be like, this is ramen. There's no this. It's like, Great. this, and then you got to hold your hands out from, like, <laughs> side to side and, like, go, like, all of this is ramen. Yeah. Um, so do you feel that what you're doing here um, is adding to sort of that, like, postmodern sort of, like taking the best, pulling influences from mm -hmm. L.A., which has its own food culture, and adding that back into, like, the ramen canon. Right, exactly. I think that's what is necessary to stay contemporary, and it's necessary to stay relevant, and to really, like, challenge these notions of what, you know, these foods are. I think it's really cool to be able to introduce these new elements that actually fit great, you know? Yeah, um, I absolutely agree, and I think that's part of the success, and mm -hmm. one of the beauties about ramen it's like because I feel like with Japanese food and things like that it's like if you do sushi and you want to make the best sushi this is this is how you do it mm -hmm. with this it's like you're just you get to just make it your own and make it special right. um, so you've opened up a second location yeah. uh, ramen on York how did that come to be yeah um, I guess we decided that we need to expand because there's so much way we thought maybe we could open up another place in a different region of Los Angeles. Sure. And Highland Park seemed like the perfect location. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that's been open for about maybe a year now. Yeah, yeah. about and, a year. And I think that um, we we specialize in like a more of a chicken-based creamy broth there. Mm -hmm. um, and we also offer all the other ramens that we serve here. So it's kind of like an addition, but kind of a spin on Silver Lake Ramen. And has Highland Park responded in the same way that Silver Lake did, you know, five years ago to having ramen over there? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think it's, like, a, it's definitely a similar community and, um, yeah, a very similar response. <laughs> um, and then the exciting news is that you're opening up a third location in Echo Park. Tell us about that. Exactly. Yeah, so we're opening up another location, and it's going to be... Um, not too far from here, it's just going to be in Echo Park, and we're trying to aim to open that around the end of the year, I think. Yeah. And it's going to be, is it going to be a full restaurant, to-go restaurant, what's it going to be? Um, yeah, it's going to be both. Half and half? Yeah. Um, which do you think will just uh, either maybe help ease a little bit of the uh, line here, yes. but also add new customers? Yes, definitely. Is there going to be, are you going to develop any more ramen broths for that, or is it just going to be... Uh, the yeah. same menu. It's going to be about the same. We actually introduced a new ramen event. Yeah. It's called the Mazamen. Oh, the Mazamen ramen. Yeah. Tell people about that. Yeah. I didn't even know you were doing Mazamen. I love Mazamen. Oh, just started today? Yeah, it's a very new addition. <laughs> it's that new new. Yeah, exactly. So it's like a no broth ramen with ground pork, poached mm. egg, chives, fried onion, dried seaweed, Bonito, bamboo shoots, and green onion. Um, and it's served with either hot or cold thick noodles, kind of like a chicken. 
That's so awesome. So when you add a new ramen, when you add new items, mm-hmm. and like, I mean, I don't even look, I mean, I'll be honest, I don't even look at the menu. Like, if, <laughs> if, if my wife, who introduced me to this place, if mm-hmm. my wife texts me, she goes, you want Silver Lake? I go, yeah, you know what I want, right? <laughs> How do you get people to try the new items? Interestingly enough, I feel like we have so many regulars that like when they do see something new, it's kind of like... It just intrigues them <laughs> because, yeah, I mean, so many people have been coming here for, like, five years, you know. Always, it's always nice to try something new. <laughs> it is. Now, uh, I would be remiss to come here and not talk about, because I know we've talked about the atmosphere and how welcoming it is, but part of that is the soundtrack, oh. <laughs> um, which I believe you have a hand in picking oh, yeah. and curating. So, <laughs> I mean, it is, talk about who you play and how you curate it, and is it different, like, day-to-day? Do you have your, like, all right, this is our Saturday afternoon ramen playlist, and then we have our, like, you know, Tuesday evening, which Mm -hmm. are two different vibes. How do you put it together? Um, So it's kind of more lax than that, actually. It's kind of depending on whoever's working, and we all kind of just pitch in and play whatever we think we're in the mood for. I mean, personally, I have, like, a a ramen playlist that I've like cultivated over like pa- maybe the past year and it's like maybe a day long in length <laughs> it's like Who's really it? so much time Who do you think of when you think of ramen? Um, I play like a lot of kind of like it's funny I call it noodle gaze like I, I used to play a lot of shoegaze music sometimes um, but now I have a playlist called noodle wave like noodle wave yeah. <laughs> um, and I play kind of like some 80s inspired stuff that's a little like a dreamy undertone like I play like some wild nothing blouse mm. Mm-hmm. Um, capture tracks kind of bands and then I play like um, like John Mouse um, who else I play some local artists I always try to like bring some locality in there so I play like Drab Majesty oh yeah and um, who else do I play a lot here um, yeah I mean it's really long I would say those are like the main ones that I always think of I mean I play Beach House I play um <laughs> Oh, yeah. A lot uh, of Clash. There's some other people who work here who play it, like their own playlists. They play like Clash, they play Drake. Um, so it's really like a really big melting pot. And a lot of people here are musicians as well. So it's really collaborative and cool. Well, if that isn't the best analogy, metaphor for what ramen is, right? <laughs> a re- exactly. Uh, a playlist where you take all the best and your favorites and you mm-hmm. make it your own. Uh, Olive, I want to thank you so much. Olive Silver Lake Ramen, thank you so much for having us in. Uh, hopefully we'll get you to make a playlist for us. Yeah. Uh, we'd love that. Um, where can people find you? Where can people find the locations um, in, oh. in, in real life and online? Okay. Um, so Silver Lake Ramen is located at 2927 Sunset Boulevard. Mm-hmm. It's on the corner of like where Silver Lake Boulevard and Sunset kind of meet. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a hot corner. Yeah, definitely. And then Ramen on York is on York, obviously. Um <laughs> And the new one is a little bit further down on Silver Lake. Yes, I think it's going to be kind of by, is it Alvarado? Yeah, yeah Alvarado. Alvarado and Sunset. Yeah, a little bit before. Yeah, right near, um, I go, we, we take our dog to Canine Lofts. So uh, yeah. while I'm waiting for him, I can go get a bowl, bowl of ramen now. Perfect. It's funny because there's a dog place right here, too. I know. Very it's perfect. dog friendly. <laughs> Maybe that's the thing. It's like dogs and ramens. Anyway, yeah. um, well, thank you so much. We have another live song coming up from the archives and then a live performance after the break on Snacky Tunes here on HeritageRadioNetwork.org.
This program is brought to you by Chefs Collaborative, a national nonprofit network with a mission to inspire, educate, and celebrate chefs and food professionals building a better food system. Chefs Collaborative members work to make sustainable practices second nature for every chef in the United States. Chefs Collaborative was founded in 1993 by visionary chefs including Rick Bayless and Alice Waters, who acknowledged the influential role of food professionals on our food choices, our collective personal health, the vitality of cultures, and the integrity of the global environment. Chefs Collaborative believes that the greater culinary community can be a catalyst for positive change by expanding the market for good food and helping to preserve local farming and fishing communities. Change menus, change lives. Learn more about Chefs Collaborative at chefscollaborative.org. You're listening to Snacky Tunes. I am your host, DJ Never Forget. Uh, we, all, as always, would like to time the pizza to come out right when we're about to do an interview, even though we have yeah. all this downtime. Um, Eating mad pizza. Uh, we have Pigeon John in studio. Why don't we go around the room? We'll go this way and do introductions. Hello, my name is Pigeon John from LA, California. <laughs> I'm Evie Jane from Canada. Erica D from Canada as well. Uh, and collectively, they make up the Pigeon John touring band yeah. group ensemble. Yeah. We're Pigeon yeah. John and the Pigeon Ladies. Oh, right. <laughs> We've yeah. also been referred to as that. Pigeon so. Ladies. Pigeon Ladies. Yeah. Favorably referred to that? I like it. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of nasty. They don't mind too long. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, uh, John, you have a new record come out in October, but yes. we met uh, a few years ago when you did the very first season of Dinner with the Band. Yeah. And so I was really excited. Best burger of my life, still. Still? Yeah. Oh, I'll have to let Sam know. Three years running. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. That's awesome. And the fries. Mm -hmm. Wait, what happened to the dudes? Your backup guys? Oh, they're back in L.A. They're back in L.A. Yeah, working on music and stuff. They're uh, they're solo works and stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, So you're on tour for about a week and a half. Mm -hmm. Uh, You just came from Boston. Yes. Did you get a chance? Boston. What'd you think? Great. Right next door to the ball park. And uh, great people. They're very wise out there, kind of sharp. The, cr- the crowd kind of moves kind of slow. Yeah. Um, but it's just the weather and their knowledge. But I like Boston. And I got to meet Erica's uh, beautiful family out there. Oh, very nice. This yeah. is, uh, Some mm-hmm. Italians. Six sisters? No, no, this was just Auntie Cheryl and um, Uncle Carl and mm. kids. And- so you, have an, you literally have an army around the, the country of mm, Yeah, family. actually, yep. Yeah. yeah. Ready to move in mass. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so the new record, Dragon Slayer, is out. And I enjoy it. Thank uh, you. And it's it's really fun. And it's in line with the other music you made, which is really clever, whimsical kind of hip-hop that uh, is laid back to from the West Coast. Man, Chet Baker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so why don't you talk about the inspiration for this record? Um, I, I, <clears throat> inspiration? I guess uh, I wanted to do a record um, just writing on the music and the words and going to Hervé Salters to, to traditionally produce the record. Mm-hmm. Versus um, beats and, and beats and rhymes and stuff. So that was the first time I did it like this uh, for the whole record, and it's it was a it was a blast. But the inspiration, I guess, I wanted a more quieter hip hop album because I felt like I was yelling all the time. So I wanted to calm down a bit. I definitely got that. Just it's relax. Really laid back in like a good way. Like it's kind of like a Sunday morning record. Mm. Mm. Hallelujah. <laughs> Uh, I, I enjoy it, and uh, the themes are the same, women problem, hanging out in your backyard, family. Yeah. It's really good. Uh, when you're in this, now that you have a new, like a new production type of uh, schedule, 
what did you find like the differences between doing yourself or how how it affected creating this record um ask ask that one more time oh, okay now that well you said that you joined up with a producer yes the first time mm-hmm. so how did you think it affected the record and, and writing it as opposed <clears throat> to um it took like most of the stuff was um me in the studio alone in the bedroom mm-hmm. and stuff but he he played all the songs on piano kind of worked it out and kind of showed me kind of what i was accidentally writing so i kind of learned just you know just watching him like oh wow so i think that was the best part kind of breaking down the songs and kind of building them up from scratch that's awesome uh did you what did you two eat together while working together Mm, he has a sweet wife and beautiful family so uh they're from paris so a lot of parisian food amazing coffee knowledge just straight edge how how do you cook knowledge just hang out with Irving Salters, man. Gotcha. Um, so we're going to have you play a few songs in studio. Okay. So what is the, uh, the first track that you're going to perform? The Bomb. The Bomb. The Great. Bomb. Which is, I believe, the lead single off the record. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is fantastic. Thank you very much. Dragon Slayer is out now. <clears throat> and, right uh, now. Right now. Get it now. You actually get it right now. Right now. While, while he's performing. Uh, Pigeon John live on Snacky Tunes. Yes, indeed. <clears throat> yeah. Pizza in the. In Yay! The awesome. Let's yeah, do it, kids. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hot damn. Thank you. Check it. Oh, oh, okay. Wake up in the morning to the clear blue sky. Turn up the music when I hop in the ride. The windows down, let the whole world see. Can't nobody rock it like little old me. I'm the bomb in about to blow up. I'm the bomb in about to blow up. I got my chunks and my dickies and I put it on black. Banging Sinatra in the black Cadillac. My old lady hanging out the whole window. Everybody looking when we walking slow. I'm the bomb in about to blow up. I'm the bomb in about to blow up. Come on. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Everybody singing now. Whoa. Yeah. Everybody singing now. Everybody singing now. Okay, now one for the money and a two for the show. But three to be a legend, even if I'm po. I ain't chasing nothing, you gon' have to catch me. And if you wanna taste, you gon' have to pay a fee. I'm the bomb in about to blow up. I'm the bomb in about to blow up. Two on my Molly Ring walls and my little scarecrows. Where they hear my racket, where they all hit the flow. Ladies rock a pose, come up in the front row. The homies in the back tip the hats real low. I'm the bomb in about to blow up. I'm the bomb in about to blow up. Come on. Whoa. Yeah. Everybody singing now. Whoa. Yeah. Everybody singing now. Whoa. Everybody singing now. Whoa. Come on. Let's go. Whoa. 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 Hey, hey, a little louder. A little louder. Okay, come on, everybody. Won't you clap your hands? White folks, do it on time if you can. Sounds good now, here's the plan. Let's all sing together like we in the same band. I'm the bomb in about to blow up. Ooh. I'm the bomb in about to blow up. Oh my god, I'm the bomb in about to blow up. Oh my god, oh my god. Okay, now we about 
to take it on a whole new level. Grabbing the light on the run from the devil. Watch out! Been downtown for too long. I feel the sun rising all up in my bones. I'm the bomb in about to blow up. I'm the bomb in about to blow up. Whoa! Whoa! Bathroom functions is always encouraged on snacky Don't tunes. Don't be inappropriate. I'm not done eating my pizza yet. Amazing. That is a great. That was great. Thank I you. wish I had more for you to bang on in here. I know you're looking for. It's all like oh, chairs and yeah, signs and everything. And I mean, maybe the outside would make a good metallic sound from uh-huh. the shipping crates. Uh, Very cool. John and P- pigeonettes. Mm-hmm. John and the pigeon. Pigeonettes. Pigeon. I like pigeon ladies. Pigeon, pigeon ladies. ladies is more crass, we think. More mm-hmm. crass? Mm-hmm. It's kind of right. like. All right. Yeah, yeah. Reminds no, me no, of the no, pigeon it's more, lady. It's more like what? You know the lady that sits in the park? Mary with Poppins. Like the, with the oh. pigeons covered, covered like shit in all pigeons. over. Mm. Yeah, that's us. That's us. <laughs> that's right. That's <laughs> <laughs> I need, I'm going to need, yeah, and a shaker. Um. I'm really excited about this because, you know, the, the first time I heard you was 2006 and then put that great record and had some time off. And now you came back with this. Uh, how do you think the direction has changed? Uh, I know that you made a, you want to make a softer record, but do you feel like the message has changed or do you think it's like an evolution? You have, since you always have such ties to your roots and where you started, mm-hmm. moving out to the West Coast is like a current theme. Like, how do you feel that you're expressing it this time around? Um, <clears throat> I would say... Um just I, I have no idea. Just trying to keep it uh, natural, and uh, I have no idea, man. God dang it! No, no good answer. No good answer. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> now that you're, no, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dressed like a goddamn hyena. <laughs> I need a bath and a woman. Um, well, I know that you got your start in the Good Life Cafe. Yes. Uh, and it's such an integral part. I'd love for you to tell our listeners like the story of how you got started there and how you evolved into where you are now. Yeah. It was a great open mic that happened every Thursday night from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. And like little community. It was in a health food store. And uh, it was just great because it was only one open mic in L.A. at that time. And, and uh, a lot of people rolled through. And this woman named B. Hall, she set it up and said no cussing, no... B words and no disrespect and all that stuff with hip hop, it just didn't fit. So uh, I think we we were all smashed together and kind of, you know, learn how to um, try to style without um, a lot of crutches and stuff. So right. the good life was a great Jesus. Do you feel like those 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 rules uh, or those <clears throat> stipulations those are actually crutches in the music industry? Um, I think at that time she did it to kind of challenge us. We were mm-hmm. kids and stuff, so I think it kind of worked. Um, and for some reason, just kind of gelled, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. 
That's great. That's great. And now you're now you're here. Now now we're here. Yes. Um. So I know you're gonna play another song for us. Okay. And what is that? So gangster. So gangster. Oh, okay. You girls started off. Wait a second. Hold on. I love oh. this song. <laughs> Hold on. You shut your mouth. There's a there's a format there's a format here that we follow. Uh, not really, but I would love to know uh, you know because the the title is you know appropriate. Well, you know actually take that back. You're right. Let's play it and then let's talk about it. Because okay. I would be, I would have the only reference point besides you guys. Oh. Steve couldn't even have a reference point on this conversation. I'm enjoying the pizza. You started off. Uh. I'm a gangster for real. What? I feel so damn gangster. Hmm? I'm a gangster for real. What are you talking about? I'm a gangster for real. I feel so damn gangster. I'm a gangster for real. It's just one of those days I feel the sun rise around me All the clouds run away Something funny's going on Okay, now where's all the traffic? Is someone trying to clown me? Why do I feel fantastic? I'm used to things always going wrong But now I'm a gangster for real I feel so damn gangster I'm a gangster for real I'm a gangster for real. I feel so damn gangster. I'm a gangster for real. Oh shoot. Mm. Sitting in my backyard, looking at a little squirrel. I'm drinking some coffee. I feel like a whole different world. Plus, I got the bomb rhyme skills. I got hot going backing me up. Huh. Plus, my wife looks good. I got butter some seats all up in my trunk. Yep, yep, I'm banging some Depeche Mode. Windows down so you can see the fresh mode. Yeah, my 6 foe is only in Nintendo. But I'm smashing fools on some Super Mario. Never picture myself sitting on some big dough. Used to being broken six in Alvarado. I'm chilling at the back of the boat chewing tacos. I feel like young Sean Connery in Cabo. And now, I'm a gangster for real. I feel so damn gangster. I'm a gangster for real. Show me how you feel. Come on. I'm a gangster for real. I feel so damn gangster. I'm a gangster for real. Oh, shoot, let's go. Okay, act like you in Cabo. Let me take you out. We'll go to Denny's on Vermont and we'll get waffles on the house. Yeah. Act like you in Cabo. Let me take you out. We'll go to Denny's on Vermont and we'll get waffles on the house. Watch a young Duke Ellington make the place gelatin. Shake the fake Felligan. I have the black Gilligan. I keep seeking, keep preaching the seeds peeking. Keep reaping, keep breathing the same reason. I leak venom every time I choose to spit them and I line hit them with an unusual rhythm that you never heard. The similar words ever spoken, forever hurt. And those who oppose, I'm not joking, cause now I'm a gangster for real. I feel so damn gangster. I'm a gangster for real. I'm a gangster for real. I feel so damn gangster. I'm a gangster for real. Let's go on a pleasure trip. I'm a gangster for real. I feel so damn gangster. I'm a gangster for real. Yeah, yeah. I'm a gangster for real. I feel so damn gangster. I'm a gangster for real. You got 
gotta rock to the beat like this. You gotta rock to the beat like this. You gotta rock to the beat rock to the beat. You gotta rock to the beat like this. You gotta rock to the beat like this. You gotta rock to the beat like this. You gotta rock to the beat to rock to the beat. You gotta rock to the beat like this. Get some. And then we explode. Yeah. And then we go. The pigeons go poop. That's just explode. Oh, sign out the exploding pigeons. No, yeah, yeah. So I'd I'd love to know the thought, the process behind that song, and you know what it's about. I know that you're a gangster. Oh, but you know it's not your traditional gangster song. Um, I think I wanted to, you know, you know, it's the everyday man, you know, feeling good. Things just happen to be working out and. You know the loser that made it kind of vibe. Uh, you know, the guy that got the job. The guy that got you the feel good. You just got a new truck. Uh, I feel good. Roll the windows down. Uh, <laughs> you're the man. Just for 15 minutes or seven. Seven. Yeah. Or, yeah. No, I like it. It's kind of like a everyday man positivity song. Which yes. that's what I really feel about your music is that your music is so positive. Mm. Uh, I know that you you know had you sing about your music about you know coming up in uh, the neighborhood that you're in. It was like. Not black enough, not white enough, mm-hmm. but all your music is like such a good, such a good look on life. Oh, and uh, that's one of the reasons why I like that song so much because it's like, yeah, I got a haircut, it's yeah. awesome, and it like came out okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm winning, I'm winning, I'm winning. You know what? You already won. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what? What is up next? You have your show tonight in New York at Irving Plaza. Yes, well, I'm opening up for DJ Shadow. Amazing. Tomorrow at the Brooklyn Bowl. I just played so, there on Saturday. Whew. I've never been. You've never been? Never. Mm, neither. Oh, they. This is not because. Uh, well, I can only say this. They take really good care of artists. Oh, nice. that's all I can say. They all take. Right. They'll feed you. They get you drinks. The staff is really awesome. It's this building is. It's like a. It's a venue, restaurant, bowling alley. Mm. All, all at the top of its. Uh, oh, each wow. one operating at the top of its mm. game. Nice. So it's really good. Some bowling tomorrow. I can only recommend. Um, I can't recommend highly enough the fried chicken there. Fried chicken? <laughs> fried chicken. <laughs> I'm right. We uh, like fried chicken. But it's really yeah. good. And then where are you um, off to after New York? After New York, we go to uh, Cleveland. Cleveland, Ohio? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, no? No. No, no, no I was just oh. chewing in the microphone. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> Still eating pizza That's fine. over here. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot of pizza. Yes. And then you mentioned that you're off to Europe in December. In December, go to France, and then uh, tour in uh, France in April. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. Uh, so never been so, it's wonderful. Oh my god! I went to summer for the first time. Fresh wine, cherries, lawns, women, dreams. I can't wait. Yeah, that's pretty much. I can't wait to fall in love. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Underneath the Eiffel Tower. Oh my god! Make it as cliche as, as just as cliche as trashing <laughs> the hotel room. Yeah. As Steve mentioned, <laughs> just drink a bottle of wine, have a loaf of bread, eat some cheese, and fall in love. Ah, Eiffel Tower. Cha 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 cha. That's the. Uh, those are the two cliches. Wake up with a tummy ache and then make a Bloody Mary. Yeah, there, there it is. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, so where can you where can you get the record? Uh, you can get it local record stops or um, iTunes. iTunes. Yeah, or buy it directly from pigeonjohn.com or quantum.com. Perfect. Yeah. Are you on the Twitter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on the Twitter. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Um, so we got one more song. It's ruined my life. Man. Ruined it. Oh my God! Can't so keep... much. It's like drunk texting to the world. <laughs> yeah. You can really get into I something. Just Last night, mm. started my first tweet. Did my first tweet. What Congratulations! It said, it said I just puked in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we are going to close the show on that. <laughs> what is a lot? And uh, you're going to play the uh, song that I started off the show with for us. Yes. And uh, you want to just talk about the inspiration behind that song? Yeah. 
Um, excuse me, I'm a huge Farside fan, and so I always like that sample that they used on um, who is the Negro in charge over here? Who is the Negro in charge? Um, so I think, uh, yeah, I think it's just a freaking excuse me. It's a bunch of it's a bunch of bullshit. But um, but I like the song though. Okay. Okay. Great. Um, cool. Let me let me sign this out. This is the last thing we're gonna do. This is the final format. I want to thank Steve, the author of Mosh Potatoes, for coming on the show. Thank you very much. Uh, book out tomorrow. Uh, everywhere. Pigeon John's record. Dragon Slayer out everywhere. Thank you. Pigeon ladies, thank you for joining us. Yes, and so uh, big shout out to Roberta's, Jack and Zine Rectech, who are producers for making this sound good. And uh, we will be back next week with uh, Suckers, live in studio. Wow. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Ready? <clears throat> yeah. Hello everybody, won't you take a seat and listen close Today is a story about a young man that you seem to know Born in Omaha, then later his mom moved to the West Coast Inglewood to be exact, and that was a shocking fact, folks Neighborhood pyrus will roll up and cruise and try to jack him He would try to make them laugh and pop like do a backspin Sometimes they would stall him out, and other times he would be scrapping This made him into a man to never back down when attacking now Excuse me, can I be myself and spit it like no one else? I think I got a story to sell. Well, baby, you better make room. Baby, you better make room. Baby, you better make room. Baby, be better make room. Baby, you better. Can I break it down? Can I, can I break it down? Can I break it down? Can I, can I break it down? Can I break it down? Can I, can I break it down? Can I break it down? Okay, the little boy from Omaha grew tall Didn't have brains to jump, not at all Didn't have game, didn't know how to ball But he heard the melody and that was a call Didn't have a beat machine, had no gear How could he write the songs, make him hear? Moves everything that was a knockdown near Pause, mix up for the rest of the year Now he had beats, now he had rhymes But he wasn't good yet, took some time Went to the good life, open mic one night And saw that he wasn't very good at all But he never stopped One night he blew it up, I'm not Ever since then the kid never stopped Still trying to make him laugh, just keep dying Excuse me, can I be myself? And spit it like no one else. I think I got a story to sell. Well, baby, you better make room. 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 Baby, you better. Can I break it down? Can I, can I break it down? Can I break it down? Can I, can I break it down? Can I break it down? Can I, can I break it down? Can I break it down? Okay. Excuse me, can I be myself? And spit it like no one else. I think I got a story to sell. Well, baby, you better make room. Baby, you better make room. Baby, you better make room.
Yay! We talk about food. We talk about music. With musical dudes. Finger on the pulse. Snacky tunes. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.